What's up, everybody? It's Athea Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. And today on the show, we have the one and only J.K. Amezi. Now, if you don't know who J.K. is, he is the founder of Elevated Recovery. He is a sex and porn addiction coach, but he's not just any coach, guys. This is like one of the uh, front runners in the online porn addiction recovery space. And we get into it a little bit on the podcast. We actually talked about it a lot beforehand. But I mean, this dude, like he started out in 2012, okay, in 2012. So porn addiction was not a a common subject like it is now. I mean, today you have people like Jordan Peterson and Lewis Howes talking about this stuff. Uh, 10 years ago, people were scoffing mocking people like JK for sticking their neck out, sharing their story, and trying to even suggest that porn addiction could be a problem of any kind. And so this guy knows a thing or two, and um, he is not just somebody who has you know tried to build up his practice. Uh, they're incredibly successful. They've had extensive reach over the last 10 years that they've been around. But this guy has done his research. He's gone through multiple certifications. He knows his stuff through a, a biological lens, a neurological lens, a behavioral psychology lens, and really, um, I, I, w- I would say just uh, has a very well-rounded approach, especially through kind of the more hard sciences lane. And so I really respect him. Uh, I did not think he would reach back. Like I sent him a personal message and just thanked him for his work and asked if he'd be interested. And I know how busy he is. He is. Uh, if you look at kind of the interviews he's, that he's been on, he's very selective. And so uh, it was a shot in the dark. But um, he was just kind enough to to interview with us, and I think you're really gonna like today's interview. So, uh, a couple of things we talk about. Uh, like I said, we talked about the early days. Uh, we do talk a little bit about. Um, what we are seeing in the science realm concerning pornography and what we think is really going to be a hot button topic in the days ahead in regards to sort of uh, porn addiction and sex addiction and all the kind of recovery elements to it. And we also talked about some of the, the classic mistakes that we see people make in recovery. And he just had some fascinating insights through, like I said, a very different lens. And uh, one of the things you'll observe in this interview is JK is not a Christian. Uh, Most of our guests, I would say, are. And uh, he's very upfront about that. And yet he has immense respect for religion and even admits that uh, in his recovery journey, he could not deny a greater power and that the ultimate landing point of all this was oneness. And I thought that was really cool. And so um, there is a little bit of, of swearing, a little bit of rough language. We've bleeped out one or two words. Um, but then there's a, you know some of those words that are kind of in the middle. Uh, we haven't bleeped those ones out. So just be aware as you listen through. Uh, but without further ado, guys, this is my interview with JK Amazie. So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Well, I'm here with J.K. Amezi. Uh, this is my own title, but the godfather of online internet porn addiction recovery, <laughs> oh my God, man. dude, absolute legend, man. It's a real treat to have you. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, man. 
like I have to like bring my ego down. I've never been the <laughs> godfather of, of anything, but um, very kind words. I appreciate it. I don't know how I feel about being called the godfather of anything, but yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's my own, I guess, personal opinion. But I, um, you know, when I started out uh, about four years ago, I was telling you this, I, I was obviously looking to see who's out there, what are they doing, what's working. And your stuff is, is what blew me away. I subscribed to all your emails and uh, just love the way you had set things up and not surprised at all to see the kind of success you've had um, just from like an entrepreneurial per perspective, but also you've changed so many lives. So um, so I want to jump right in, man. You started this in 2012 before people were talking about porn addiction. Uh, obviously, even in, in some academic fields today, it's still debated a little bit whether it's legitimate. But um, if that's the way we are now in 2022, I can only imagine what the scene was like in 2012. Um, what what made you say, I'm going to I'm going to tackle this subject and and try to go after it when it was so taboo? Dude, great question. Um, obviously, I struggled with an out of control <laughs> sexual behavior. Um, yeah. I won't go too deep into the history of it because I'm going to, is it safe to assume that your audience is familiar with? Yeah, so I, yeah. I struggled with this for many, many years and um, I managed to overcome it. Now, it, it was a huge deal to me because back then I felt very much alone. And up through uh, 2012, there was, when I started doing this on the side, there were not many resources. Uh, so I had to figure things out on my own. And it was really rough going. And I'm very thankful now in retrospect because it gives me, I tried so many things. I'm a type of guy who will get any resource he can and study anything to accomplish my goal. Yeah. Um, but it's helped me a lot when it comes to um, the growth of what we do at Elevated Recovery. Um, so there was, there was absolutely nothing back then. And I had overcome my behavior. I was actually working in door-to-door -door sales, um, horrible students, not doing well in college. And the only thing I could do was door-to-door -door sales, um, simply because that, that was how I paid my way through college. Okay. So every summer I would go off, sell books door-to-door. -door. Um, it was also a very challenging thing for me because as a former porn addict, and I'm very careful as I use that, I'm only using the term and the phrase former porn addict, just mm. so that you guys can identify with it, but you don't have to call yourself a porn addict. Yes, um, agreed. By the way, did you I, say you were selling books door to door? Yeah, dude. Books. What kind of books? Uh, we sold encyclopedias, but mainly we sold Bibles. We sold a Bible, okay. a study Bible called the new open Bible. Now bear in mind, I was raised as a Catholic. Um, okay. But I'm not religious right now. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Neither was I back then. I just saw the value that it had to people. Yeah. And so I saw this is like a $120 Bible. Wow. Wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah, dude. Okay. So yeah, I, I did that for a couple of years. And then at one point I was in control of my behavior. I became very successful in this. I had a, what we call a um, about 90% approach ratio, which meant that I could walk to any house cold and nine out of 10 times, I would get into that house. Hmm. Okay. Even if they pulled a gun on me or whatever, I knew how to <laughs> talk. I knew how to, I was so good at this. Huh. And um, so life was good at that point. Yeah. And one day I stumbled across a forum where there were, I think there were tens of thousands of men and it was just about porn addiction. I actually thought I was just in like a subgroup within the forum, but it was the entire forum. I think it may have been Your Brain Rebalanced by by Gary Wilson. Maybe it was, or maybe it was the NoFap Forum. Sure. Either way, I don't remember. But I was just shocked that after, after I'd overcome this, that there was an entire world of men who was still struggling with this, man. 
Hmm. It was shocking to me because I had overcome it. And I was seeing all these crazy things like hard mode and all these things that did not work because yeah. I had done them. Yep. Um, and at that point, I was trying to get out of the the door-to-door sales industry. I had read like the four-hour work week. Yeah. And I was trying to think of a unique idea. And I was like, you know what? I spent so many years in pain, struggling, feeling alone, accessing so many resources. Maybe I can do something with this. So yeah. I started an anonymous blog on the side and it blew up. <laughs> like wow. thousands of people read it, sent me emails. I started responding to emails in the evenings after I sold books in the day. Okay. Um, and I just loved it because, because I was anonymous, I could be myself. Hmm. And so I just, I was myself already helped hundreds and hundreds of men who ended their behavior just via email. Wow. That's how it was born. That is amazing, man. So, um, what, what made you start the blog in the first place? Like, Obviously, you're seeing there's a need for it, but there there could have been other ways. You could have got, gone and done more education or you could have started something. I don't know. You could have done something that was more visible. Why Why did you do an anonymous blog? Well, I still had shame. I still was ashamed of, and maybe you've had this experience, maybe not. I was ashamed of talking about pornography. I was yeah. uh, fearful of losing the career that was, you know, paying the bills. Right. Um. So I just wasn't quite ready. And um, I also realized, frankly speaking, that while I was in control of my sexual behavior, there were other traits within me that mm. came up as a result that, that kind of were, that were incubated during my, during my addiction that I hadn't dealt with. There was some narcissism. There was some anger. And interestingly enough, as I coached men, I began to see those other traits within myself. And yeah. I was like, wow, I'm not quite ready to put my face out there because there's still a lot of healing that needs to be done. Yeah. Um, that's the emotional side. On the logical side, I was a student of Mark Manson who wrote um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yeah. And I, I was when I was going through a phase of learning how to date, I resonated with his stuff because he was the only PUA or dating coach out there who spoke about vulnerability. And I realized that I had been so desensitized by pornography and I was struggling so much to humanize women that a lot of the PUA stuff out there was very toxic. Right. And he was the only person that spoke about it in a way that involved building healthy intimacy, even though it was just casual dating. Really resonated with that. Ended up being um, a student of his, going out and working with him directly. Oh, wow. Cool. And yeah, so... Coming back after working with him, my dating life changed forever. That's a whole mm. different story. But I was inspired. And um, he had told me that he was like, dude, like, you've paid me. I'm moving to Argentina because I'm broke. And I am, I'm going to start something. I'm going to be somebody. Um, and he's like, but I can't afford to do it in the US. He also told me one more thing. Okay. He was, uh, there was a guy called, I don't know if you know a guy called, uh, there's this financial guru called Ramit Sethi. Yeah, yeah, I know. Teach you to be rich. Yeah. So I used to be on his his email list many years ago, um, and uh, I emailed him once, and I was like, "Hey, man, I'm selling books, and I'm trying to do this porn addiction thing, and I really need your advice." Because he said he responded to all his emails. I was like, "Dude, can you like I don't know, should I jump all the way into it because I'm passionate about it, or should I do this on the side?" And Ramit said, "Dude, 
Um, I don't know about his porn addiction stuff. Sounds like a crazy idea. I think you should keep your day job wow. <laughs> and um, um, work for a couple of years and do this on the side and build it up. But I don't, I don't okay. think it's a good idea. And we had a back and forth. Wow. That same year, I believe, Mark was like, dude, I'm going all in. He's like, I'm dumping everything and I am going to build my brand. And obviously now he's like co-writing books at Will Smith. Yeah. So I didn't take Ramit Sethi's advice. Okay. I took Mark's advice and that inspired me. I decided to follow in his footsteps. And um, he had a blog back then called called postmasculine.com. Yes, I remember uh, that. Yo, yo, you remember that from back in the day, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, I didn't um, read tons of it, but I, I remember it. Yeah, so yeah, that inspired me and that's how the, the logical side, I made the decision to start a blog. Yeah, okay, got it, got it. So, um, so this is like 2012, you put yourself out there, it starts to take off. Uh, eventually this starts to kind of transform into what we know as elevated recovery now where you're coaching people. Um, tell us a little bit about, I can imagine in the early days, like you're kind of piecing together your experience. Um, you've obviously done done your work to get certified and, and further your education. Can you give us an idea about just like, I guess your overall philosophy of recovery and and kind of like, I don't know, maybe some of the major tenets that recovery should include, do's and don'ts. Uh, you can frame it however you want, man, but just give us the rundown of your philosophy. Cool. Um, well, first of all, it's it's the name Elevated Recovery is um, probably not the most accurate because within our system, we do not teach recovery. Um, mm. The system that we have is called the Porn Reboot System. And we use the term reboot. This is a growing, it's an organic thing. And the reason why it's organic is um, right now we've had over 15,000 clients and this is over a decade of wow. people who have both come through our courses and had direct contact with me. Not people who emailed me back and forth, but people who actually like put down money and said, I want to be in your course. I want to be coached by you or one of your coaches. We have multiple coaches right now. Right. But I moved away from recovery because over the years I discovered that, and again, I want to make it clear for those listening to this, that I have um, no bias against recovery. This is just my personal philosophy and the yeah. people who work with us are those who resonate with it. I have obviously borrowed a lot and uh, from recovery, I owe a lot to traditional recovery, both traditional recovery that is rooted in um, Christian principles and those that are strongly scientific based. And I've used yeah. all of this to build a foundation. So this isn't some unique thing that I did. <laughs> I owe a lot to, to traditional recovery. But yeah. we use the term rebooting because we view recovery as recovering that which you lost to your compulsive behavior. Right. So it is recovering of the intimacy. It is recovering the relationships. It's recovering the, 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 the focus. It's recovering um, the feelings. It's recovering serotonin and dopamine and what it's like to connect with nature. Mm. It's, it's, it's recovering perhaps a deep connection that you might ha have with the universe or God. Mm. But there's a little problem with that I found. Now, that's that sounded good, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> like these are nice things to recover. Wow. Yeah. But sometimes we are stuck in this behavior for so long that we forget what it is like to have something we had in the past. Hmm. The man of 21 years old is not the same man of 32 years old if he lived with that behavior for that long. What is he really recovering? 
see recovering how to date. Dating in your 20s is different from your 30s. Is he recovering his finances? Is he recovering his social life? And I realized that no one was addressing that. So men would come in and they would have to go with the template of whatever the coach, the therapist, or the system gave them. You must recover that which you lost. And they're like, well, I don't know. I don't know what, what it is. So they do what the person tells them to do. So with rebooting, it's more of hitting the reset button. You do what is done in a little bit of what is done in traditional recovery, but you are starting anew where you are at. And we find that many men struggle with things like when they go through traditional recovery and we dig deep while we're working with them, they're like, well, I'm married now and I've recovered, but why is it that I still feel an urge to be with other women? Right. Some people might say like, oh, you shouldn't do that. It's, it's you're married and let's talk about the commitment. Let's not talk about that. Or others would say, well, that's because that's pornography. That's what pornography did to you. It's, it's rewired your brain and now you see that. But we also have some men who simply missed out on the experience in their 20s. It's mm. normal. It's healthy. And they feel that way. But how they, they couldn't find a system where they could reconcile that in a healthy way. They were so fearful of losing their commitment. They were so fearful of being told by the therapist that, well, if you engage in those thoughts, then you're going to, you know, you're going to endanger your reboot. No right. one was telling them that you have to accept this. You have to grieve the loss, if necessary, of those years. Yeah. Or you may realize that the relationship you're in right now is not the relationship you should be in. Right. These are not easy things to tackle. So our philosophy at the end of the day, I could keep going into it because I love what we do and we have so much depth in it. But at the end of the day, that is what rebooting is. You hit the reset button where you're at right now. Yeah. The main parts of our system are changing your habits first, changing your lifestyle, and then changing your self-image. The habits mm -hmm. part is what you will find in many basic programs, right? There are a lot of new coaches out there who are getting started or replace a habit atomic habits, borrowing from all of that, which is wonderful. I've never even read those books because frankly speaking, some of those books I read the first chapter and I was like, nah, it just doesn't work for me. <laughs> habits are important. Yeah. You know that. It's it's the basis. You, I started with habits. You probably started teaching habit stuff. But here's the thing. If those core habits do not become a part of your lifestyle, right? it doesn't matter, doesn't which matter. is why people yeah. who go through habits-based programs end up using willpower. We also do not believe in willpower. Hmm. Willpower is finite, right? Yeah, preach it, bro. Yeah. So first of all, <laughs> I want to make something clear. It's not that we completely do not use willpower. You do right. need willpower to start a habit. You do need willpower to have good routines. You do need willpower to be a good accountability partner and stay accountable. You need willpower for all these things, hmm. but you cannot use willpower when you are facing your urge consistently hmm. you might get away with it a few times but on a consistent basis if you depend on it it will fail you why because you had different energy levels at different times of the day the the urges are different yep. the triggers are unexpected and we all cannot summon willpower like this right so once it becomes a part of your lifestyle then it's on autopilot but when it stays in your lifestyle long enough, as part of your lifestyle long enough, it becomes a part of your self-image. If I was mm -hmm. to ask you, Satya, 
Um, you run across a wallet. You pick it up. There's $900 in it, right? Now, right. one man will take $100 out of there because he's he's like, well, I deserve a reward. Another man will just take out the money and throw away the wallet. Um, I know you would think, and I'm going to just make a huge assumption here, <laughs> <laughs> but I know you'd pick it up and go like, there's $900 in here. Uh, somebody had this money in here for a reason, and they must they must be really needing it. Let's get the license and call this person because I know I would freak out if I maybe they're on vacation. Like who knows? Like right. this semester, credit cards are in here. Oh my god! And you would call. Now if I asked you, bro, why didn't you just take out a hundred bucks? Why didn't you just keep the money? What would you say? Uh, it's not mine. Yeah, but but still, dude, it's like you know, finders keepers, right? Yeah, I guess it'd be his choice, not not mine. Whose choice? The person who owns the the money, the wallet. It'll be his choice, right? Now, all yeah. these things you're telling me would be his choice. Well, yeah, sure, find his keepers, but it's still the other person's choice. This is based on your self-image. You simply cannot see yourself as a person taking the money. So even when I ask right. you, you're just like, oh, it's just, it's not an option. And there are men out there who you can, hey, bro, like friends are talking about porn and they're like, hey, man, who's your favorite porn star? And you're like, dude, I just... I don't imagine it's not into that stuff. And they're like, you don't watch porn? What's wrong with you? Yeah. Right? <laughs> and when your self-image has changed, you're like, eh, it's not, it's not my thing. Right. That's where a man needs to get to. Right? Obviously, there are biological processes behind this. Yeah. To be permanently free of this. Because if his self-image does not change, and only his lifestyle or his habits change, all he needs is a major change in his lifestyle, such as via a divorce, moving to a new place, some sort of illness affects him, he loses his finances or goes bankrupt. And 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, I've seen men 30 years down the line. I can't believe, JK, that I was free of this behavior for three decades and I went right back into it. Your self-image didn't change. You were living in the safety of your marriage, in the safety of your job and the safety wow. of I go to gym in the morning, I have great contacts, I see a therapist once a week, it will catch up to you. Mm. Because you haven't changed your self image. That's, so that's so powerful. Yeah, yeah, that's really powerful. Because our, our philosophy is uh, we have three pillars as well. And our third, huh. the, the term that we use is identity for our third pillar. And so what, what are the other two? I'm so curious, uh, building self awareness and transformation of the heart. So transformation of the heart would be like the trauma processing and, um, you know, anything like that, building, building that awareness. But yeah, um, but the identity pieces, uh, I, I totally agree. I think that's where the money's at. I know in my own experience, like I had tons of, I went like a year, a year and a half, but eventually would relapse. And it was because the identity shift wasn't there. You know, I had good habits in place. Like you're saying, my lifestyle was setting me up for success, but I hadn't actually fully made that shift in my identity. And so, um, that makes a lot of sense, man. What What are the biggest obstacles that would stop somebody from fully experiencing that identity shift? Because I I would imagine, like you said, the habits thing is kind of where we can all start. I think there's some human intuition that could cause us to even change our habits. Mm -hmm. Lifestyle, sure, maybe you need a little push, maybe you need some tactics, some tools, whatever. Um, but what what stops people from maybe going to that final step and actually you know becoming a person or the person that they're made to be, a person who ultimately does not engage with pornography? Dude, there are so many. Just I was just cycling through a few. For the sake of time, I think I'll I'll kind of zoom in one of them. And it's what sure. I call 
not defining your reboot. But for the sake of the brothers who are listening to your podcast, let's just call it not defining your recovery. Hmm. You know, recovery or reboot, well, rebooting is different. You do have to define it. But when it comes to recovery, a lot of men do not come in with a definition. What that means is like it's it's coming in like, hey, man, so what are you looking to do? Where do you see yourself a year from now, so on and so forth? And they say, um, dude, just free, bro. I just want to be happy, man. <laughs> yeah. I just want to know that I can be focused. I just want to be the best husband. I want to be a great father. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking of getting married or I'm engaged and I just don't think I'm being the right person. Free of the secrets, man. I don't have the secrets. No shame. No, I could, I could just give you the freaking list, right? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And you know what that sounds like? It's like you go to the airport and you talk to the lady at the ticket counter and you're just like, hey, I just need to get out of here. And she's like, where would you like to go, sir? And you're just like, yo, somewhere warm. She's like, That's not how it works. Where exactly would you like to go? Oh, let's make it, let me see, tropical or beach? I think let's, some, dude, somewhere tropical. I would love, well, no, the beach. I want to go to the beach. <laughs> beach, like a nice beach, not, not like a New Jersey beach. I want to go to a beach where there's sand and sun. Okay, sir, could you give me like a country or a state? That's what it's like when you show up for help and you say that I just I just want to be happy, man. I just want to be free of this. Hmm. You have to say, I would like to go to the big island in Hawaii. I would like to stay at this resort. I would like to stay for this amount of time. I would like to have a cabana that comes with my room. I would like to have this and this and this. I would like a suite. I would like to pay for two dinners while I'm there, and I would like to get the tour as well. You have to be super sharp about it, because if you don't, whoever your coach is, whoever runs that that group you're in, whoever your pastor, minister, youth leader is, whoever they are, will define your reboot for you, or worse, you will listen to the success story of that person. And you will pick something from that person's life that you aspire to. And you will choose that as your definition, forgetting that your story is completely different from them. And that is one of the main things that stops men from changing their self-image because they get lost. They don't know where the end point is. And so Mm -hmm. you end up having people who are afraid to leave groups, (laughs) afraid to move on on their own. I'm always like, dude, if you're afraid to leave, if you're afraid of letting go of your accountability partners, if you are in so much fear of slipping and relapsing, then your self-image has not changed. And it probably hasn't changed because if I asked you, how do you define your reboot? You have no answer for me. You just want to go somewhere warm. (laughs) That's really good, man. It actually, we we had a client, um, I think beginning of this year who came to us, hadn't actually watched porn in over a year but he was totally miserable for the exact reason you said he's just living in fear there's no identity (laughs) shift like he's basically just white knuckled it enough that he no longer watches but um but the deeper work hadn't taken place Uh, i want to switch gears a little bit Uh, we were talking about this before we hit record but uh, you really had your work cut out for you like it uh like for me and and the reason i i have such high regard for you is because i think People like you and some of the other early pioneers in our space, early pioneers as in like, you know, 2010 to 2012-ish. Yeah. Um, you guys have really made it a lot easier for someone like me. I started in 2018. And so there was at least uh, a market. There was an awareness. Uh, you know, at least a subset of people were talking about it. 
And I think now we're starting to see this thing like really go way beyond us. Uh, you know, fitness people are talking about it. And you have people like Jordan Peterson, like more in like the clinical psych realm, uh, mm -hmm. talking about it a lot. And I, I guess I'm just curious, like, what is, what's your perspective on all this? For you, is it like, no, 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 people have been talking all along. Um, and maybe it's just gone a bit bigger. Or do you have that same kind of perception? And I guess second part of that question is where, where do you envision things going in the next maybe five to 10 years as far as how the world sees pornography? First of all, it's very shocking to me that you acknowledged anything because in all the years that I've been doing this and building it up with my team, um, there are only two people who have ever reached out to acknowledge that we're doing the same thing. Hmm. Um, and others just act like we're not there. Yeah. Um, like the people who reach out and be like, dude, I, I'm becoming a coach. Do you have some advice and stuff? And I've given advice to one or two of them and they, they're doing very well. Sure. But we've had others who didn't do the same. So I'm appreciative just of the recognition. It's really weird for me because we've kind of had to chart our own path for yeah. so long. And there was no one we could really look at as a peer that was doing things the way we wanted to do things as as a team and i say we because the team is now an integral part even though it started with just me yeah um when you say you mentioned no 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 like we're what we've been here doing this i don't think that really matters i don't look too much to the past i think it is what it is yeah. um lots of people are struggling with this behavior i think there's a mixture of people who are you know jumping on it for the keywords and the algorithm juice um, and just riding off it. I think there are a lot of people who don't know what they're doing, but that's just part of the process. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing when I started either. Yeah. And um, I think it's a good thing that there's a lot of awareness. I like it because I think that if you want to look at it in a, in a business way, because you and I do this full time, um, I think it gives an opportunity for those who have, like you already have your, your, your three pillars. And it's so interesting. I am not familiar with your work. Uh, it's so interesting that, um, that it's already similar. And yeah, I think when you do right. this for a couple of years and you get good at it, it's, it's the same path. <laughs> it's literally the same path. Like I give you an example. It's even people who are non-religious like myself understand that when you truly go through the process, you cannot help but connect with the divine or with something within even atheists like if you're doing recovery yes. rebooting the right way you cannot run away from it and i'm saying this as a non-christian yeah <laughs> <laughs> right it's so crazy so if you're yeah. doing it the right way you will come you must re release those boundaries but yeah, i love that because people... of that third pillar right the identity thing like that's that's where it all happens right yeah, any kind of deep work you do with the identity and you keep going back goes back to the one source. It always yeah. goes back to who are you, who are you, why, why, but why, but why, but why, but why, and it's oneness. Yeah. So um, either way, I think that's the beautiful thing about this, because if you do not get there in your own personal practice, in your own journey, you will not have the longevity. But when you know that the thing that is inspiring you and moving you forward is that you now know that through this process, people get connected with the one source, you have the universe's permission to do this. You can make this your purpose if you so choose. Yeah. So to answer your question, I think it's wonderful, man. I think it's great that all these people um, are doing it. Now, is there like a, is there a consequence to it? Yes. There's a lot of, there are a lot of people with reach who are teaching things or saying things that 
are not necessarily leading men down the right path. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't think there's any way you can do this. And it's so challenging. It is not easy to build something on this just because of the nature of addiction recovery and yeah. the unreliability of people because of their behavior and also the financial challenges that they have because of that. Um, so when you see people with a large following just kind of jumping on the train, um, I do admit once in a while, I do get a little bit frustrated when, and so does my team, and they're just like, we are compared to, you know, a kid that that just just running his mouth because he's <laughs> copying everything from Atomic Habits and using that as his system, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think it's, um, one of my colleagues said like, porn addiction recovery is still kind of the wild, wild west, you know, like, um, the, the research is catching up, um, you know, like you've been you've been in this space for such a long time, quote unquote, and it's only 10 years, right? Like in, in know, any right? other <laughs> space of mental health, like that would be considered like you're just like cutting your teeth at that point. So, um, yeah, it is really interesting. What about the future, man? Like um, and I, I'm really curious because I was I was telling you, like I was at an investors thing yesterday, round table. We're supposed to be talking about real estate and everybody hears that I'm a porn addiction recovery coach and like the whole conversation just switches there for the next two hours. And I don't think that would have happened. I can say with confidence, it wouldn't have happened when you started out as a coach for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in 2012. I think when I started in 2018, I, I don't think that would have happened either. But it does seem like there's just a general awareness that like, hey, we, you know, as a as especially like in our demographic, we kind of just grew up with this stuff, didn't realize the harmful effects of it, maybe still are not fully aware of just how detrimental it is. But I think that awareness is building. Um, I'm just wondering if you see that. And my personal prediction is like, I think in three to five years, we're really going to see this thing ramp up. Um, and, and I'm hoping for, you know, some more funding behind research and stuff, because we know um, if it's research back, then the general population will adapt it a little bit more. But I don't know. What, what do you think, man? I predicted um, many, many years ago that it would it would it would blow up, it would become more mainstream because mm-hmm. members of my team would get frustrated. Um, they're just like, man, like, is this stuff even worth it? Like, people are just not serious about it. They don't their wives don't think it's real. Their wives are like, well, you know, I did some research, it's not even a real thing. Right. And I was like, like, you know, most of the members of my team are rebooted themselves. And I was like, listen, you, you know, how pervasive this is, you speak to our clients. Um, and you come to understand that the values in our world are changing, at least in the West, mm-hmm. right? It's so many things are, society is permissive of so many things. Uh, kids are getting exposed to this at younger and younger ages. Porn culture, prostitute culture. <laughs> um, there's so many things from social media that are normalized and many of the, I would say, Generation Z hasn't actually started experience. Some of them are already experiencing it. Some of them don't know that it's a problem. Yeah. Um, but there's going to be an entire generation that was raised with high-speed internet pornography um, that has access to it, that struggles with it, um, that's going to need help. It's the same with mental health in the West. It's right. going to be a huge industry because there are a lot of people from people who there's, they're now studies. I was reading, uh, listening to Huberman, and he was mm-hmm. saying that now they're seeing people who, with prolonged marijuana use, um, are now having mental health issues. 
schizophrenia, just it, it basically triggers, and I can't explain it as well as Dr. Huberman can, of course, but it, it triggers some latent, if there's a potential potential for mental illness, um, it can trigger that. And now, of course, huh. we have many states where it's it's legalized. I think there's so much growth there. Um, yeah. I don't, personally and professionally, Porn Reboot has always stayed in our lane. And yeah. what that means is that you, you've probably not seen us like um, collaborating with many people. If I wasn't doing anything else, I would. But we have we want our system to be we're purists. Yeah, that's <laughs> we're good. Purists. We we really want it to be pure. We do not want to create a system where, um, you know, I've talked to some marketers who are like, oh my god, you know, they're addicts, just like SAA. You can just keep them coming back year after year after year. I'm not interested in that. I yeah. want men to come to rewire their brains, to change their self image, and I want them to move on with their lives as this as if this was a bad dream. Yeah. We need those men planted that seeds in society. And we have a sense of urgency to churn that out. What we do works. It is we are excellent at it. We are like a such a well oiled machine. We do our own research. Yeah. Um, we, we if there's not enough research, and we've read everything, we're like, fine, let's go into parallel fields and find out what's happening. I have so many research app uh, 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 apps on my phone that just give me notifications when certain keywords come up. I put aside time certain day during the week to sit down and study. Um, But we know it's going to be a big problem. And we fully intend to be at the forefront of this uh, to serve when when it reaches peak, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, man. No, I I totally agree. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. Um, Just out of curiosity, what are you what are you seeing in the research these days? Is there anything that's piqued your interest? Any particular subtopics that you're researching or looking more into? Right now, it's testosterone. Um, yeah, you know, we're big one. There's, yeah, there's like you know, there are a lot of people talking about testosterone. We have men who are younger and younger getting on testosterone replacement therapy. Uh, I think there's a little bit of a culture shift from there's. I think it's more of a backlash as mm. young men start getting angry and wanting to find their place in this society, where you see the rise of people like Andrew Tate and a few other people. Um, and it affects men. So men start thinking and there's more of a red pill philosophy. I think men are trying, young men are trying to figure out their place. So mm-hmm. conversations around testosterone come up. And uh, I'll just share one of my pet pet um, research things I'm working on right now. So we've noticed when, when clients come in to work with us, they are required to actually do blood work. So all oh, clients wow. have to do blood work and they have to do a hormone panel because we need to take a look at their testosterone, their free testosterone, their total testosterone, luteinizing hormone, SHBG, estrogen, everything. The reason why is that the symptoms of low testosterone mimic the symptoms of pornography addiction and their withdrawals. They They are so similar that one could end up coaching an individual for one thing, and they keep saying like, oh, I have PIED, I have this, this, this. And they end up spending years feeling bad or feeling that your system doesn't work right. when in reality they have an issue with their endocrine system. Right. And so we require them to do that. We have something called biochemistry reboot where we have a coach who is trained and who um, basically reads their blood work, 
um, puts them on a good plan. We don't diagnose anything. They do have to do that with a licensed medical professional. But one of the things that I'm starting to realize, and there's no, is this a, just a theory, is that when men chronically masturbate, so when you masturbate, you orgasm, you release prolactin. Men who are doing it um, compulsively, multiple times a day, constantly release prolactin into their bloodstream, which makes you lethargic and tired. Yeah. But prolactin also suppresses your testosterone, testosterone level. Right. Compulsively doing that leads to a state called prolactemia, where you have so much prolactin in your bloodstream that your testosterone levels stay um, depressed for a long period of time. And we have men who are coming in with the testosterone levels of a 60-year-old or a 50-year-old and so we have to kind of work with them and make sure they're not lying to us about not, you know, going to the regular pro part of the program to see if their levels go up. Hmm. Um, and then also implementing lifestyle changes in the lifestyle part of that before self-image to make yes. sure that their levels go up. So that's something we're playing around with hormones. Yeah, yeah. I guess there'd be a lag phase there where like somebody could start their reboot and they're not masturbating anymore. But it doesn't mean that the testosterone just, is just going to start secreting again like that, right? Like it's going to take some time before the body could even acclimate and adapt. Yeah, it's again that there could be several lag phases, and yeah, it, the complexity there is that low testosterone can also be due to uh, the way your neurochemicals are set up. If you come in and you're depressed because of, let's say, some of the acting out behavior that you've engaged in or you're stressed out and you are just always stressed, you're using porn to medicate that stress or anesthetize it, then your levels could be low anyway, just because of that. And so there's, I'm starting to realize that it's not cut and dry. It's yeah. not, um, it's not as simple as taking a template and just applying it to every man. Yeah. Um, every man has to be dealt with separately. The big problem we have is probably a platinum problem is that we, we currently have hundreds of clients. We have about 400 clients, active clients right now. And we realize this, but you, you got to work with 400 men. Yeah. <laughs> you got to work with them. You got to like figure this out for each one. Yeah. So it's exciting. It's very fulfilling, but it's a lot of work, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love is. it though. I love it, but we got to apply it to everyone. We can't just apply. If we apply it to a sample and it works, then we're like, okay, everyone, like, how can we, that's why we have the biochemistry reboot. How can we serve all of these 400 at one time and yes. help all of them to, to get this, uh, uh, get to where they, they need to be. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head too, which is that recovery is such an individual process. Like, of course you always have principles that anyone can apply and undergird it, but even just the expression of those principles, it's going to be unique to the individual. And whether you're talking about biochemistry or you're talking about habits or emotional regulation, um, I think it's really true. The other thing I want to point out that I think is quite interesting is the, the lag phases that we were just talking about that's that's true in so many different areas isn't it like even just libido in general uh mental clarity like some of these things i think people people just think like oh i've been watching porn every day and once i hit like three weeks i'm sure like life is just back on track and back to normal because of course when you are addicted to pornography you're just used to instant gratification and it just naturally bleeds into all the other areas of your life um, and you have these unrealistic expectations so I, I appreciate you laying that out a little bit because 
I think it's good for guys to know. And granted, a, a good portion of our listeners have experienced porn-induced erectile dysfunction, uh, troubles in the bedroom, uh, premature ejaculation, um, like some really physiological issues that are obviously tied into this. And it's good for them to, to just have an understanding. Um, JK, I, I imagine some people would love to go check your stuff out. Uh, we're going to make sure that we put links to your podcast. It's fantastic. Um, but tell us a little bit about your, your program and what people could expect if they were to work with you. Great. Um, our program is called the Porn Reboot System. Um, we have two parts of it. One is called the Implementation Program and one is called the Intensive. There's also another executive layer where I work privately with executives, with business owners, with individuals who are just operating at a different level, don't have the time and need discretion. They work with me personally. Right. The Implementation Program is our largest program. Um, and in all our programs, you get access to me um, on a limited basis, just depending on my time. Sure. Uh, but you also get access to our coaches. So we have a neural reprogramming coach who helps you with any limiting beliefs you might have. So if you show up and you're really excited about the program, but let's say your shame triggers an inherent belief that, you know what, something's wrong with me. I just, I, it, it, the, the program sounds complex. I don't think I have what it takes. Sometimes you look around you and you go like, all these guys are like posting all these wins and they're crushing it. Maybe I'm the one that something's wrong with. Right. We don't want to sit down and have to convince you that that you're an awesome person. You are, but there might be some limiting beliefs from your past that are holding you back. So you actually have a coach. who We have coaching sessions every day who will work with you to uh, um, get rid of those limiting beliefs. You have an option of working with him one-on-one -on -one or separately. We also have trauma-informed coaches. Now, if you come in and you've had a past of sexual abuse, religious abuse, physical abuse, um, we understand that some individuals are still working with a therapist, but we also have coaches that can give you a little bit more attention. And these coaches understand the connection between your trauma, your past trauma, and what you're you're dealing with when it comes to your pornography addiction. Mm -hmm. So at any level you come into, you have access to these coaches. The implementation program gives you group access to them. Um, we also have two psychotherapists who work as coaches uh, who are on board with us. So what I'm trying wow. to say is that we cover every aspect of your behavior. We are a one-stop shop. If you come in and you say, hey, while I'm doing this, I also want to lose weight. I want to fix my diet or I have a co-occurring a, a co food addiction. We have what's called the biochemistry reboot that has a health coach in there and personal trainers who will work with you. We'll do a blood panel for you. We will work with you on your diet. We will customize it to you. And then you can get on a 12-week plan, whether it's to lose weight, to put on muscle. Mm. Any aspect of this, we are, we don't just say we are holistic in name, gentlemen. We actually are a holistic <laughs> program yeah. so you can visit my website it's elevatedrecovery.org okay. my website my podcast is called the porn reboot podcast and uh of course we're everywhere else we're on tiktok and instagram um i'm not on tiktok or instagram there's somebody else <laughs> managing it the brand is. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> if somebody else manages it for me and then of course we're on youtube all you need to do is search for um elevated recovery or Porn Reboot and my name, J-K-M-A-Z-E-M-E-Z-I, -E -E and uh, you'll find us on there. Amazing, man. Yeah, we'll put links to all that in the show notes, but uh, you're a busy man. You got a big practice going on. I so appreciate you taking a bit of time to speak to us today, J-K. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. 
Awesome. Well, I am so grateful that we got that time with JK. Uh, like you can see, very down to earth guy, knows his stuff and uh, really clear in his communication. And we actually found out that both our moms were born in the same city in Malaysia. How random is that? Uh, totally crazy. So really cool connection. And uh, like I said, I, I hope you guys go check his stuff out. We're going to put links to literally everything that he has in the show notes. So he's got a YouTube channel. Uh, he's got a podcast that is like top ranked. And uh, obviously he has a website where he details more of his coaching as well. And so if he's someone that you guys think would be a good fit for you, by all means, we are not particularly, um, I don't know, we're not competitive that way. I like it when there's other coaches on here. I know that what we have here is going to be perfect for a bunch of you. And I know that for some of you, you might need to go somewhere else to find someone that you really connect with and that you trust. And look, I would rather you do that so that you actually get the breakthrough you deserve um, instead of trying to twist your arm into something that could only help you a little bit. That just doesn't make sense to me when there's somebody as great as JK out there. So uh, so don't feel bad at all about going to check out his stuff if it piqued your interest. And, um, and if maybe JK's message doesn't resonate with you and you think that's not really for me, but I am looking for something to get the ball rolling so I can finally make a recovery, uh, then what I want to encourage you to do is get your hands on our book, The Last Relapse. That is a, uh, a resource we've put together. It's our blueprint actually for recovery. It is extensive. Uh, this is not like a quick read. This is for people who really want to go in depth and learn our system. And uh, all of our listeners have access to a free copy of this book at thelastrelapsebook.com. So all you have to do is go there, fill in your email. We will deliver it to you instantly. I'm talking like in less than 30 seconds, you, you could have a copy of my best-selling book and you could begin reading it and begin your journey to recovery today. That's thelastrelapsebook.com. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Have an amazing day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.